family, the bedrock of society, an important influence to children that helps shape in their perspective of life as they grow up. It helps in building their confidence, shaping their beliefs, values, and more importantly, helps them to become what God has ordained them to be. The dynamics of the family circle cannot be overemphasized. It plays a key role in our social interactions as adults and as children. And because of its domino effect in our lives, we need to pay attention to it and be heavily invested in building a healthy, strong family with the goal of raising better children, building healthy relationships between spouses, but more importantly, in building a better society across all nations. Get ready to explore and learn with Pastor Fumi Alawale on the subject of family dynamics and its impact in our lives. Hello, it's good to be back on Family Dynamics. This on another episode on intimacy in marriage. We, we started um, sexual intimacy. We've done spiritual intimacy. We started sexual intimacy. So this is part four of intimacy in marriage. So um, before we start, we just pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you for this opportunity to come to you again. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you for what you want to do with our families, our home, our relationships. We ask, O oh God, that you help us to be example, to be unbelievers and believers alike as husband and wife, that your desire over every home will be established. The devil will not be able to stay from us through ignorance. Thank you because you are good. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're just going to continue on sexual intimacy in marriage. So um, before we start, I'm going to read Ephesians 5. 25 to 20. Most of the time, this is, these are passages that is on marriage and every marital, uh, marriage ceremony, I think they read this. So I'm just going to read it again. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave, gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the world that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife, loveth himself. So that's the Bible. And we see in this scripture that God is comparing the relationship between Christ and the church to relationship between the husband and wife. And we saw that the way Christ loved the church, he gave himself. And that's the kind of love that God expects us to have for our wives as men. And there is no woman that is loved. I, I always say that it's so easy to, if you want to enjoy your wife, show her love. A woman that is love, we go out of our way to do everything within our capacity, within our power for the man. So when God is saying, man, love your wife, he means it. And he said, if you, if you don't love your wife, you don't love yourself. That is the scripture. So a woman who experiences her husband's 
unconditional love. You love them in spite of who they are. And attention will not find it difficult to give herself freely to him. That's how it works. You know that this man loves me. This man will do anything for me. This man, his love for me is unconditional. That's the agape kind of love. The love that flows from inside of us as believers. Because the spirit, the Bible says that the, the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. So we can do it because the spirit of God is the one that lives inside of us. So as we submit to the spirit of God, we see this outflow of love towards our wife. And it's possible, but we need to. So we see that the love that, that God had for us or has for us is unconditional. And that's the kind of love that God wants us to have for our wives. So the Bible teaches that sex in marriage is a concept of maturity. Where the husband and wife come together in order to freely enjoy the pleasure of each other's bodies, but never at the expense of the other. You don't say, oh, I'm the man in this house. Whatever I want is what I get. It doesn't work like that. That is not love. That is a selfish love. And that selfish love is not a God kind of love. That is errors in action. The love, the sexual love in action. Because it's a selfish love. But the love that God wants you to have for your wife is the agape kind of love. The God that loves her and accepts her. That is, that, that makes you, you know, desire to be of a blessing to your wife. Now, 1 Corinthians 1 to 7, in, um, in this version, CSB, he said, now in response to the matters you wrote about, this is, you know, the, 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 the people of, in the Corinthian church, they asked Paul all these questions. So he says, so he's trying to answer their questions now. It is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman. But because of sexual immorality, okay, he said because sexual immorality is so common, each man should have sexual relations with his own wife. And each woman should have sexual relations with her own husband. A husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife, and likewise a wife to her husband. So sex is a marital duty that we have to fulfill towards each other. A wife does not have the right over her own body. Once you get married, you give yourself to your husband. Your husband gives himself to you as a wife, but her husband does. In the same way, a man, a husband, does not have the right over his own body, but his wife does. Do not deprive one another, except when you agree for a time to devote yourselves to prayer. Then come together again. Otherwise, Satan may tempt you because of your lack of self-control. I say this as a concession, not as a command. I wish that all people were as I am, but each has his own gift from God. One person has this gift another asked that. So we saw that Paul was not married. So he said, if you can stay unmarried, that's fine. But if you know you cannot, instead of burning, go and get married. And we saw that one of the reasons for marriage is to prevent us from sinning. Now, in this scripture that we read, the Bible is very, very clear. 
sex in marriage is a responsibility we have towards one another as couples. So, and when we look at that, the verse 2 and 3, he said, he was talking about the fact that we, we are all, both of the, the man and the woman, they both need the blessing and protection of sex in marriage. It is what we have to do, what we have to give to one another. And so we do all that is possible to meet each other's need. He went ahead to say, do not deprive each other. And we know that obedience to God's word will give us an exciting relationship. So when we make a, a choice to say, okay, I want to marry you, we commit to getting married to one another. The decision we are making is saying, I want to give myself to my spouse, both in bed and out of bed. So it's not just to come and live together in the same house and say, no, nothing like that. You can't touch me. When we do that, we're not making God happy. Marriage is not a place to stand for our rights and say, it's my rights. It's my body. I do whatever I want to do. with. No, it's not. Once you get married, your body belongs to your husband as a woman and the husband's body belongs to the wife as a, as a wife. So marriage is not a place to stand for our rights. So our desire is to please God. And if we want to please God, we have to obey God when it comes to this issue of sex. So in verse 4, in the scripture we read, the Bible says we belong to each other. It says you now belong to each other. You have relinquished ownership of your bodies. When you make your, a vow in, on, in front of the pastors and the congregation, what you are saying, I'm, relinqu- I'm giving you my body. We said it, that with my body, I satisfy you. So you have given the right of your body to your spouse. And that is what marriage is all about. So as, as, as a woman, you share your, yourself with your husband. And so it's important that we know, you know yourself sexually. In verse five, the word deprived was used. And I look at it, that word deprived, what does it mean? It's a very harsh word. Some version of the Bible use it as rob. So when you are robbing yourself, you are, you are stealing, you know, and God is not happy. Any robbers, any arm robber, whether arm or not arm, we go to hell. <laughs> so it's, it's that serious. And he said, or defraud one another. That's the way another version says it. So he only said, except for mutual consent, you both agree, oh, you know what, darling, I want to pray for, do prayer and fasting for three days, or seven days. If you are breaking every day, so that means sex is allowed. It's only when you're not breaking. Maybe you are saying, I'm going for 21 days, I only drink water. Your husband will understand that with you. So no matter how spiritual we get, we must seek the consent of each other. If your husband says, ah, that's a long time, I can't cope. You need to look for a way to, to sort him out. So, depriving yourself of sex opened the door of your marriage to satanic temptations. So, we need to be careful. I was talking to a lady and, or a man, a lady reported the husband to me. And I was saying to her, to, to the man, I learned you are having an affair. He said, no. 
I'm not having a physical affair. I'm only having an emotional affair. And because of this, because of that. So it's possible for you, for you not to go physically and commit sexual sin, but even emotional sexual relationship is a sin against God. So as a woman, we need to be careful. Now, what are the secrets to sexual uh, fulfillment in marriage? So we round up on that. What are the secrets to sexual fulfillment in marriage? The first thing I want to talk about is discard unrealistic expectations. Sex is not going to be what we have read about in romantic novels. It's not going to be what we have seen on movies or in the media. You've watched it on movies. So it's not going to be like that. A lot of time they exaggerate sex when they're doing all those things. And that's why if you have been, you know, you have been a kind of person that have read so many books on uh, romantic novels or you have watched movies in the past, you need to erase that from your mind. That is unrealistic expectation. It will not happen like that in real life. So also it's important that you improve your knowledge of how the body works. Improve your knowledge of how the body works. You can also look for real people in life that will share what has brought them fulfillment. I remember when we got married, we went to, we were on honeymoon. Both of us are, you know, we didn't know what we were doing. But thank God I went with a book. The, is it the total woman or every woman? That's, that was the book at the time we got married. We went with that. And even though he is a medical doctor and a physiotherapist, we've done uh, all these things in, in, in theory, but we didn't know what we were doing. So, but you can learn it. And the Spirit of God is there to teach you. He will help you through it. So don't, don't let anybody say, ah, can we now start learning when we get married? Why don't we practice now? If they practice with you and it's not going well, the man leaves you, you go and practice with another person. Is most of the time it's the woman that is that is offended. It's the woman that you know that is broken. So don't let anyone test drive on you. And that's why you have to keep yourself pure. When you get into marriage, the Holy Ghost, He, he will teach you because sex is of God. And so and even if you want to learn it, there's so many books you can read when you go. There's some good Christian book that will help you in realizing sexual fulfillment in life. So you can read books. You can talk to people. One of the books that I, I will always love is Intended for Marriage. And another one is The Act of Marriage by Tim and Beverly Lae. They are very wonderful books. So it will help you. So that's the first thing. Discard unrealistic expectations, number one. Number two, accept your body. And this is... Very, very important, especially for wives. If you don't, it will be difficult for you to share your body with your husband. The fact that he chose to marry you, that means he accepted you the way you are. It's not important what the word is saying, that everybody must be slim. We cannot, we cannot all be uh, uh, slim, like Pashandi. We cannot, we cannot all be figure eights. There are different body shape. And if your husband made up his mind to marry you, he loves your body. He has accepted you as you are. 
So you need to accept yourself the way God has created you. The Bible says we are wonderfully and beautifully created. And we are a complex being. So accept yourself. You are, you are a beautiful thing in the sight of God. And people say beauty is in the eyes of behold. It's not everybody that will want somebody. I remember a, a, a drama that I watched. This man was killing the wife, saying, yes, you have to do, she was doing everything, doing exercise, doing, you know, all manners of things. And that relationship didn't work. It was the man in the gym that loved her the way she was. And they had a fantastic relationship. So don't let anybody, don't let the devil play in your head. You need to accept yourself. So you need to be comfortable with your appearance. First of all, eliminate unrealistic ideas as depicted by the world. Eliminate it. Don't let the world give you, it's not, it's not necessary. Focus on what will help you feel good about yourself. Set a standard for yourself, which may require certain disciplines. You may make up your mind to exercise. Exercise is good. The Bible even said, Exercise profit little. So we need to exercise our body. You need to be fit. You need to be able to run up the stairs and not be, be panting. And a lot of time as women, we say, oh, we, when we were not married, we tend to look after ourselves. You, you tend to keep yourself clean. You do things. So when you are married, keep dating yourself. Keep looking after yourself. Don't just let it be, oh, um, your husband is going to work. You're still in your pajamas or tying wrapper around your body. No. Go and shower. Dress and look well. So that when he's going, he sees a beautiful woman. And that picture stays in his head, even at work. No matter who is coming around him, he has the picture of a beautiful wife that he left at home. So don't just, don't just say, oh, we are married now. I, I don't need to, you, you need to look after yourself. Look after yourself. Dress well. Don't just be shabby in dressing. Don't just wear anything. I say, you're not the only one that has, that is looking after children. Even when you are, you have small, small children, that does not stop you from looking after yourself. Look after yourself. Occasionally go for manicure and pedicure. Look after your body. Look after your skin. Look after your hair, especially for us as women. You don't have to, because of money, do one hairstyle and keep it for three months. It gets to a point where it begins to smell. And when it's smelling, it, the man will be tuned off. So whatever you're doing, whether you're cutting your hair or you're plating it or you do whatever, keep it neat all the time. The way you care for your body will impact how, how you feel about yourself. I have a friend, go to her house anytime. She's neatly dressed. You will think she's going out. No, she's just in the house. So you get to her house. You want her to come out with you. You are going somewhere. You've not told her before. She will not just say, oh, for me, let me quickly have a shower. She's ready. So let's, I, from that moment when I saw, I said, wow, even if I'm not going out, I will go have a shower, change my dress, look neat, and be beautiful to myself. Make myself happy. So dress for yourself. Dress for your husband is part of your life. Another point we need to look at is learn to receive compliments. Bodily pleasure and sexual stimulation. So this is so, so important. 
the capacity in which you can do this will be dependent on how you feel about yourself. So if you don't accept your body, even when people are saying, ah, you look good, you say, ah, are you sure? This dress is just, uh, I bought it from Primark. It's not important where you bought it from. What is important is it looks good on you. Oh, thank you so much for that. Don't let anybody pull you down. Some people will pull you down because they are jealous of you. <laughs> I used to have a friend and any, every Sunday as I'm coming into church, she will be standing at the entrance to wait for me. As I appear, she will say, Oh, oh, Safumi, why are you this? Where did you get this dress from? It doesn't fit you. I will take you out to go and buy a dress. I said, wow. And every time she will talk like that. But you know what? When I buy dresses, I go to the mirror, look at myself. If I love it on myself, I wear it. And there was this day when God will deliver me. I will round up on this because the time is far gone. We will continue in the next episode. I dressed up for that Sunday service. And my husband said, ah, for me, you look good. I love this on you. So as I appear at the door, and I said, thank you. I appeared at the door. The woman is waiting. Said, ah, ah. In fact, I need to look for a time to come and take you out so that I can make sure you buy good quality dress and something that will fit your body. And I said, my dear sister, thank you so much for that. You know what? My husband this morning told me that this looks good. And if, if he sees it as good and I love it, then I'm happy with it. And that was it. Since that day, <laughs> she stopped waiting at the door for me. And it was the only way she said, she's jealous of you. And so she's looking for a way to pull you down. There are people that will pull you down. So accept yourself as you are. If you love what you're wearing and your husband loves it, you don't need to dress for any other person. Dress for God. Dress pleasing God. Dress pleasing yourself. And dress pleasing your husband. That's what God. So learn to you will need to deal with poor self-image. So, so important. Because that will make it so difficult to accept pleasure in general and makes it harder for you to enjoy sex. So, the Bible says in Psalm 139, 14, Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. That's you. God has made you marvelously what is workmanship? He took time to make you. He took time to create you. So you are beautiful. You are wonderfully complex. So don't let anybody pull you down. And the Lord will bless us and help us to see this and take necessary actions so that we can begin to enjoy the relationship we have with ourselves and our husband. God bless you. See you again on the next episode on sexual intimacy in marriage. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.